0: Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan.
1: everybody it's your boy cousin Oz the people's mailman Back for another episode with Cousin Tony the Architect. We're taking you back, way back to the golden age of cardboard with our next guest. He's a prolific content creator with a penchant for vintage cards and his hobby knowledge is second to none. Listen in as we cover such topics as content creation, vital hobby resources to enhance your collecting, and of course, cards of all ages. No more wasting time. Let us introduce you to Mr. Mike Moynihan, aka Baseball Collector mike let's talk some cards shall we hey yo tone take it away cuz all right all right cousin tone our next guest is a content machine this man's fervor for the hobby is unmatched as he seems to be dropping a youtube episode every hour on the hour about his baseball card autograph and memorabilia addiction Obviously, I'm joking, but when it comes to passion, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone with more than our next guest, Mr. Michael Moynihan, a.k.a. Baseball Collector Mike. Welcome, Mike, to the Cousins Collectibles Podcast. How you doing, brother? I'm good,
0: Oz. Thanks for having me, man. Of
1: course, man. Of course. Listen, man, appreciate you coming on board, Mike. Uh, Now, you and I, we first met... On a hobby hotline last week, and I must say it was uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes to do on there, uh, due to the fact that you're very easy to talk to. Uh, you're what you call in the industry a pros pro. Now, for <laughs> our audience out there that's not familiar with you, go ahead and give us your backstory. You know, how did you become the hobby content king, brother? Tell us.
0: Oh, well, I think you're heaping too much praise, but no,
1: no, no, not at all.
0: Uh, man, I. I've been a collector since 1981. And and unlike a lot of people, I never took a break. I certainly had periods in my life where I was not collecting as much due to financial restraints, right? We're all young and broke, right? And I don't know what, what defines a collector, first of all, would be a great question. Because if you have cards, just because you're not buying new cards, does that make you not a collector? No, you still have them, right? So, these people that say they took a break or whatever. Did you really, you still had the cards you just yeah. weren't buying. So, uh, but I always was looking for card shows and card shops. Uh, budget was, you know, like everybody small in those days and getting married and having kids and all that. My poor daughter, her closet in our old house was all cards. Like she didn't <laughs> have any room to put any, luckily she was a baby. She didn't care, but yeah. Yeah bill that's how it was then we finally moved to a house where i could have a card room and it, life's very good now but uh and then oh probably 08 09, i started watching content and i i probably watched for a couple of years and did a video here and there and you know probably in 20 i think it was 2013 ish i did my first video it was a card room tour my card room looked very different because i'm like man these guys are putting this is all cool. I have some cool stuff. Maybe, maybe I should do it. And this was pre iPhones having really great phone uh, or or cameras and trying to connect the dots and post to YouTube. And man, it was like for an old man like me, difficult, but trudge through that, you know, period. Don't go watch my new, my old videos. You'll just be (laughs) like, dude, this guy sucks. And, uh, you know, just kept doing it, started meeting people in the hobby, started making connections. And one thing about great about any content creation, whether it's podcast or YouTube or whatever is you get to meet people you would never meet otherwise. And none of us really have people, you know, next door to us that collect cards or even people within that we know really well. And so this allowed me to create a network of friends that I owe it all to content creation. And so I'm very blessed in that regard. And, and, Grateful to be a part of this community and and love the hobby. So it's a great way to share that.
1: Yeah. And that's so true. Like you said, it, it's rare that you find somebody, a next door neighbor that just happens to collect. I mean, it's possible. There's, I'm pretty sure there's people out there. But I was very fortunate to have my cousin Tony here, um, who I had to twist his arm to to start collecting with me. But once he did and jumped on board, obviously it spawned uh, Cousins Collectibles. And, and, you know, we're having a great time uh, doing that. So I can, you know, totally understand. So, Tony, go ahead.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the few times where, let's be honest, Cowboys and Eagles fans can kind of uh, find some common ground here.
0: Amen to that. Absolutely. Amen to that. I, every time I look behind cousins. I, I, I see or, I see
2: your face turn.
0: I, I want to throw up, but it's okay. It's I ate a, I ate a light dinner knowing I was going to be looking at that the whole episode. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to, you know, puke on air. That would suck. Yeah, yeah it's Sorry awesome. I, that, I
2: actually told Oz before I get to, I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't even doesn't bother me that Mike's a Cowboys fan because he's actually from Texas. Like, we have that's cool, bro. You're rapping where you're from. Like, yeah, it's just the goofballs around this area. And, and, and that we, call,
0: call them what they are, cockroaches. <laughs> there that's you go. what we was, refer
2: to them in Philly. Cockroaches. I was trying to be nice, but okay.
0: <laughs> I, I never understand that, like how you can be a fan, like a guy that lives in Florida and he's a 49ers fan. Let's say you're like, how did that happen? Now you can get, let's say you're you're originally were born there and you've just moved or your family is big, you know, fans (laughs) of a team that where you don't live because, you know, dad and grandpa used to go to games, Packers games, and we live in Florida. Okay. But The ones that just, yeah, I just like their uniforms or something. you know, like, nah,
1: see, see, with the cow, see, what yeah, makes the Cowboys just, fans yeah. the the most despicable fans? Not not you, but the the ones around here, is their front runners. So you know what I mean? In the in the '90s, when you guys were killing it and winning all those Super Bowls, you know, with Emmitt and Troy, you know, Michael Irvin and those cats, they jumped on board this bandwagon. And then, not to mention all the previous years of being quote unquote America's team. So they just thought it was, you know, because usually it works. You're you're a Cowboys fan, then you're a Lakers fan, and you know what? what it's usually, saying,
2: cowboy. Right? It's usually Cowboys, Bulls, and Yankees, and Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Typically, guys R H, but yeah, but yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. If you're a transplant from somewhere else, I totally get it. But just to be, yeah, uh, you know, I like their uniform, or they start winning, and here we go. I just.
1: Blech.
0: and Oz you don't need to put quotes around America's team it's just <laughs> uh, you know.
1: I don't know about that one man <laughs> I need receipts on that <laughs> right that's awesome
2: but um so Mike uh like I mentioned before I mean you have multiple shows so how do you before we get into you know your pc and collecting all that stuff just give us a, a quick day in the life of Mike the video producer because it's, it's not <laughs> it's a little unique
0: yeah i try to front load my week. And so I will, I will usually record my podcast episode uh, Sunday or Monday. I will shoot hobby think tank if I'm on it that week, Monday or Sunday. Uh, And then baseball collector videos, I will, you know, they're usually mail days or showing off part of a PC or whatever. Mm -hmm. And those just kind of happen easy, but they're, they're simple. They're usually 10, 15 minute videos so it takes me yeah. a literally a total of 20 minutes maybe to do that video. So that's not a huge if those come throughout yeah. the week, but my longer form uh, shows that I do, you know, I, I try to front load my week for that and then just release them later in the week. Chasing cardboard is a whole different animal because we have to travel usually for that. Yeah. And so that's usually, you know, we find about, about a collection. We try to find other collections around the same area so that we can kind of kill multiple birds with one stone. And mm-hmm. uh, then we, Plan travel and and okay we're all when can we all go you know because it's me and ty and then our filmer producer camera guy matt so we all have to be on the same page and the person whose collection we're going to look at needs to be available so there's a lot of coordination and logistics that go into that but that's not often that's every couple months you know and we'll shoot usually three or four episodes worth of stuff at in one location and then just release those every couple of weeks so i gotcha so uh tell us a little bit more about the
2: the chasing cardboard i told oz it was i kind of it's like a american pickers type style or something like that with cards but uh maybe some of the craziest things you've seen or come across um animals have been hiding in boxes (laughs) anything wild like that
0: yeah we had a raccoon, dead raccoon on a Mickey Mantle rookie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty amazing to see, you know, you think oh, we're in 2023. Surely there's not these, you know, these thing's out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And the reality is there are a ton of them still. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Cause I'm not normally a seller of cards or, you know, I want to buy cards. And so mm-hmm. the idea of us going with the idea that we have to, either consign or buy these collections to then resell, to kind of pay for the show, pay for everything that we're doing. And Matt and Ty use it as their income I mean, they're in cards pretty much full time. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's different for me. I'm, I'm kind of the vintage expert is what, what my yeah. designated role is. I'm the Frank to his Mike. On it. <laughs> I got you. And, it, and it really is. I mean, we thought, man, we could do this we totally copied American pickers. We're not ashamed to say it uh, because the format is simple. You know, you go in, you're you're a subject matter expert, ideally on the cards you're looking at, we can provide some color and, and maybe some history and really the show's designed for people that aren't even into cards. Like I, I like American pickers and I don't like necessarily motor. I don't collect motorcycles. Yeah. I like the show. I like hearing the history. I like all of that mm-hmm. stuff that I like the two guys that are in the show. So you got to like the personalities and Ty and I fit together really well. Uh, we get along really well. We, we think different enough, not to be adversarial, but to be complementary yeah. of one, in, one another. And he knows things about, you know, he's a big basketball and football guy. I'm, I'm baseball. So, and I know enough about baseball to, or the other sports to be dangerous. He knows enough about the uh, baseball to be dangerous. And so we compliment each other well. And yeah, the episode where we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there literally a, a gentleman had passed away and he had two, not one, but two houses full of cards. One was in Missouri and one was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we, tied did a blind bid, literally like, I'm going to put in a bid and I'm not going to win it probably, but because he bid like 80, it's, we tell it on the show, it's like $8,700. He won. And we're like, uh, we have to go to Tulsa like tomorrow. Like this was, this was all, you know, done in a way that you got to come clean this house out. And I house of cards, sure, right, right. No, literally, if you watch the FS, it's every room, floor to ceiling. Uh, The guy didn't even have a bed. Everything was just covered. Every it were just five thousand count boxes, three thousand count boxes, unopened sets everywhere, Uh, mainly. From not a ton of vintage, you know, a lot of 2000 stuff, but mm. like we found, I don't know, 50 Kevin Durant rookies, you know, and just <laughs> Kershaw and Scherzer and just all these yeah. just amazing, just lots of cards, like tons of the same stuff. Uh, we ended up leaving a million and a half cards because we literally couldn't carry anymore. We're just like, we had to rent a 32 foot U-Haul. Jeez. To take it all, we brought it all back here to Dallas, and you know, put it in storage sheds, and had two storage containers full. Um, and ultimately, we've sold all that finally. Wow. And I got to. What's great is I get to pick through it first, you know, and kind of, okay, I want this, 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 you know. Yeah. And that's pretty great. And uh,
1: how how long was that process, Mike? Going through all those cards.
0: Well, <laughs> it took us months, honestly. I mean, you got to think about it you go through a box and you can kind of tell quickly in a box what it is, right? Okay. This is all this. Are there any key cards we need to find in that set or that this 5,000 count box is all, you know, 98 hoops. Well, let's find the Jordans and the, you know, whatever. So it it wasn't that bad, but there was a lot of it. Honestly, we never even went through because you just can't, there's just not enough time in the day. And that was a lot of like tie flew back down here. Just, for a weekend and they literally spent the whole weekend going through cards. Uh, I did it once or twice, but yeah, it was, it's just, (laughs) and that's the thing. If you're buying collections all the time, you have to like have a great system to get through them because you're about to go see another, like, yeah, we're about to go get another one. We got to get rid of these first, you know, and kind (laughs) of keep that, that train moving down the tracks or else you're just going to get overwhelmed and we'll end up with a house of cards. Yeah, (laughs) that is not something we're trying to do with this show. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I know that there's been talk of about a on Netflix about a a show about the hobby. This what you guys are doing, I think I find a little bit more entertaining. Like I know, like the the show they're talking about, maybe it'll be like wild stuff, super crazy, expensive things. But I can't relate to that stuff. Like, yeah, it's cool to see. I don't know Muhammad Ali's. I don't know golden toothbrush, whatever. Yeah, that's cool, but. I can't, but I can relate to at least, you know, Hey, these guys are treasure hunting and maybe I could one day be get a storage, buy a storage unit for a couple bucks and who knows what I can find. So.
0: Yeah. Cause we're not out there spending, you know, crazy money. I mean, yeah. there are times we spent some decent money, but the reality is it's mostly, I don't want to say even smaller end, but stuff that most people, yeah. if they found it, they would beg borrow and steal to get the money to be able to, to take advantage of that opportunity. And Now we just have collections coming to us. Now the show has grown so much that we get emails, you know, many a week going, Hey, I've got some stuff in, you know, Vicksburg, Mississippi or something. you're like, okay. So then we have to vet those out and start planning a trip around them. Mm -hmm. Can they wait? Are they in a hurry? If they're in a hurry, like, Hey, we're not in a hurry. So if you want to be on the show, you got to wait, you know, kind of thing till we're all available and, so that's interesting. I don't have to do the good part. Is I just show up and nice. get to make deals. Uh, West Virginia was awesome where we went and bought this guy's collection who had just crazy stuff. So you know, holding fifty two mantles and holding you know t two hundred six amazing cards. And so it's stuff that I've never. It's just a unique hobby experience that that I'm proud to be a part of.
2: Gotcha. And whose job is it to break the bad news about the '89, '88 Don Russ stuff not being? Uh...
0: So usually we get to do that. They they'll send us. I got all these old cards, you know, and it's all junk wax or whatever. And and it's like, yeah, sorry, you don't really have anything that's worth us flying, <laughs> spending. A you because know, trip for us between airfares and hotels, and I mean, you're talking a couple thousand dollars. It's not like we can just. Sure. We'll just come check out your 89 Donruss. Thank you very much. No, uh, we haven't had that problem honestly, because we do a good job, you know, beforehand vetting it out. Okay.
2: Gotcha. And one, one more from uh, me, um, back to kind of the the content stuff you had put out a video where you said, um talking about what sports card videos are worth watching and tips and tricks of either the title or things that you look for when you're watching sports cards videos, what, what are some of the things that you are looking for a and B just kind of, or the stuff that you should be putting in your titles or your content things like that?
0: For me, there's three things that make content worth watching and that's either it's educational, right? It's entertaining or it's inspirational. And so ideally each piece of content does all those things, but the reality is most don't most fall short. I'm not a guy that's going to sit there and watch a breaker. You know, I have, very little if zero interest in that I want to see passion right and it can be cards I don't even collect myself if you collect football and you show passion and you're knowledgeable and you're sharing that knowledge I'm going to be interested you know because I'm always learning being in the hobby 42 years I'm still learning stuff every single day and I enjoy that part of it I'm glad I can't know it all I want to keep learning and so and the entertaining part is hard because it's not natural for everybody. There's a lot of people that, that get on YouTube and <laughs> probably shouldn't be on YouTube, but you know, if they, if you just be yourself, I just try to just be yourself, man. So yeah. there's going to be people that like you, people that don't like you, there's plenty of people that don't like me and uh, they're not afraid to tell me either. <laughs> so that's fine. You know, different strokes, right? So yeah, just be yourself, yeah. be entertaining, be educational, And uh, try to inspire. I can't tell you how many people have said, man, I saw this on your channel and I bought one, you know, pick a set, pick a card, pick a pick a thing. And uh, then they start doing it and they start loving it. And they're like, man, all because of you, because you had so much passion about it. And I felt that and I wanted to share in that, you know, so if only one person told me that it'd be worth doing it, you know, it'd be like, "Okay, that makes sense. There's the most famous dog on YouTube over there. Yeah, so I saw make a, make <laughs> a cameo a over there. Character. Yeah,
2: it's exactly. funny. And before I kick it to Oz, I know we, we were just texting back and forth today, and I actually said to him, um, I said, I'll never figure this hobby out. He goes, that's what that's what makes it great.
0: Yes, so it's like, fantastic. If yeah. you know it all, you're a liar. Like if you say <laughs> you're just point, lying. Yeah. There's no – because yeah. it's impossible, right? There's too yeah. much.
1: Yeah, yeah. when you think you know something, it just totally – totally flips on its head and and it's, it's the complete opposite five minutes later. Right. Um, Now, speaking about that, as far as the hobby is concerned, you know, there's certain resources that we can use as collectors to learn about sports cards. And you recently had, you know, did a show on, you know, hobby resources. Talk about that.
0: Well, I think, especially with technology, the way it is today, you don't have an excuse of why you don't know something. If there's something you want to learn about, a set you want to learn about, there's forums like blowout or net 54, especially on the vintage side. There's so many knowledgeable people on forums. You know, there can be some trolls out there too, no doubt. But the reality is if you're sincere and wanting to know, you can go find the information. There's uh, again, YouTube, if you just, especially now, so many people are doing content creation. You can probably find a video about it. And that's, that's always hard for me because people will ask me, Hey, can you do a video about this? I'm like, I did it like three years ago, you know, but nobody goes back and and watches archival stuff. It's kind of an enigma to me why people don't do that, but uh, nothing's not been done, I guess is my point. You can't, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have an original idea. As much as as smart and savvy as you content creators out there might think you are, you, sorry, it's probably been done by somebody. You may be able to do it better or put your own spin on it, but the reality is there's a lot of content out there. And if you just, search uh those types of resources um believe it or not books uh people we think we're in this digital age and that and that's all well and good but a book like uh let grab one like the Bubblegum card war if you yeah. want to learn about uh the great bowman and top sets from 48 to 55 and why bowman was so prolific and then tops came in swooped in and this tells the whole story it's a great read and it's simple easy to read uh Go yeah. read, people. <laughs> Go read.
2: Yeah, I picked that up. That's the first book I've actually read in mm, 30 years. <laughs> What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah. I, t- I mean, that's where, like, so when I, when I, um, I, I just felt like if I'm going to be in this, I probably should at least, you know, figure out where the heck we've come from. Yeah. Okay. You know? And that, that, that book is, like I said, super easy read. Um, trust me, because I fall asleep reading. Like, I, I can't, I just, doesn't work man if i want to go to sleep i just crack open a book and it's a wrap so yeah
0: Uh, yeah. so there's just ask you know people i think are afraid to look um uninformed about a topic and so Mm -hmm. they're usually afraid that's usually dudes because we have egos and we think we know it. we should know all this stuff and the reality is how do you know until you ask and so i try to encourage people man ask me any question you're not i'm not going to the only dumb question is when you don't ask. Right. So people asking me stuff all the time and I'm, and I always, it's funny. I go, man, sh- people should know this. And I'm like, think, they're like, no, I've been in the hobby three months. You know, I don't know. And okay, fair enough. You know, so ask questions. Don't be afraid to make comments on videos and ask people questions. You know, that's most everybody in the hobby is so cool about trying to help other collectors increase their knowledge. Yeah, it's a common three, the common theme, no doubt.
1: So, you know, piggybacking off of that, you're talking about resources, um, the golden age of cardboard. That's another uh, podcast that you do. Talk about that one. That's more vintage. Like talk about like the history of all that. So what's that all about?
0: Yeah, it is. It's a purely vintage baseball podcast. I get people asking me, oh, do vintage football? Do uh, No, I'm going to stay in my lane. That's another thing. Know what you do and do it well. Right. Don't don't try to be something you're not. If you don't know it, don't try to fake it. Uh, so that started uh, about, gosh, two and a half years ago, um, well over 100 episodes now. I'm currently going through all the Bowman sets year by year and kind of deep diving into those sets because I think they're mis, uh, not misunderstood, but maybe um, not as prominent in people's minds as the top sets from the 50s. And I, I think they're great. So I want to kind of bring light to that. those bowman sets and for people to wake up to them a little bit it's just creating more competition for me but that's all right no um (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah it's just a doing vintage stuff i usually try to have guests on because i i can bring on guys that if i want to talk about a certain set or a certain era or team or player there's guys that have you know given their whole hobby life to these things and they can bring even more knowledge i learned something pretty much every episode from somebody that i have on and they're plus they're mostly my friends so that makes yeah. it way easy <laughs> or every time we're like oh my gosh that was the fastest hour ever you know yeah. we can we could do this for two more hours and still barely scratch the surface so it again it's just fun if you're not having fun with your content why are you doing it yeah. and sometimes it can be a grind a little bit but the reality is I once i do it I, once i get into it I'm, it's so easy yeah. uh and and just a blast so that's the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast for you.
1: Yeah, that, that's awesome, Mike. And really, that's honestly why Tony and I started doing this. We don't know much about cards. You know, we, we collected as kids, had a little break, but we were, I, I wasn't really collecting cards, but I was collecting a whole bunch of other stuff. And then we got back into it like right, right around the pandemic time. But it was like, dude, you know, we're listening to content and I, you know, we got pretty decent personalities. Maybe we can get on here and. Like bring some knowledge, not necessarily from ourselves, but get guests on here that have been doing this a long time, like yourself, Mike, that can actually drop that knowledge, and we can learn as well, as well as the audience. So it's it's pretty cool doing this podcast. And and dude, it's like every time I get on Hobby Hotline, that was another thing. Just broaden in your horizons, getting out there. You know, cousin John, we call him cousin John Newman. Uh, he he asked us to come on board. You're familiar with John. He brought you on board as well. And it's like, you know, you guys came up with the Hobby Hotline and. Every time I go on there and the the people, they're great and and you start listening to these conversations, especially if you're on there with, you know, Dr. Beckett or somebody like that. And you just hear all this knowledge being dropped. And it's like, man, how could you not love that and just start, you know, acquiring that knowledge that will help you as
0: a collector? Just be a sponge, man. Just be a sponge, right?
1: Yeah, that's
2: exactly what I did with your your vintage podcast. When I decided to make uh, Clemente the focus of my PC, I'm like, man, I got to find something that tells me about these older cards and i'll pat myself on the back when i found it i went all the way down to episode one (laughs) so i because i was like you know i again i just want to get my feet wet and see what what the heck this stuff is all about because there's yeah with any cards i mean to me there's always a a big learning curve i mean as you get through through modern then you got all kinds of sets and parallels and stuff like that but
0: yeah it's easier to do that with podcast i think to kind of start from the beginning because yeah. usually there's not, you know, I mean, I have on Baseball Collector, I have almost a thousand videos. So if you were going to start at the beginning, you'd be there till rapture, you know, watching <laughs> videos. So just, uh, it's easier yeah. to do it with podcast. And pe- a lot of people do that with my podcast because it is kind of a progression through the vintage world. Yep. And uh, I get that a lot. Like, man, I've been binging this for, you know, uh, they'll shoot me a message on Instagram or something. And like, man, I've been binging. I'd love it. You know, this or that. And, it, and it's, it's humbling and it makes you just keep, it drives you to keep going, you know? Yeah.
2: And you get to hear your dad deliver his, uh, every line, man.
0: week, every week. <laughs> yeah. Chalazin, yeah. Painful, <laughs> yeah. yeah, So when we did that, when we shot that, uh, yeah. I had my dad over here and he was a great sport about it. I said, Hey, let's, I'm very self-deprecating. I have no problem. Yeah. Like I have zero problem making fun of myself. So I said, hey, let's, he did it all he did them all straight. Like I wrote the intro and mm-hmm. he did them all pretty straight. And I said, hey, add something in like, you know, and from the shallow end of the gene pool. And it mm-hmm. sounded so good. And it, I laughed the first time I heard it. Um, yeah. I had to cut that out of the audio because I was <laughs> laughing in the background when he actually said it, even though I, I just told him to say it, but it sounded so funny coming out of his mouth. And yes. I just kept that in there. I'm like, that's. I thought about changing it, but I think people no. would be like, "Dude, don't change it. Why would you no. change it?"
2: No, definitely not me, because it's like the way he delivers the line. It's just, it's <laughs> and like the introduction to your show. It's like a vintage intro. So yeah, like said, if anybody hasn't listened to it, check it out. Yeah, it's and it just goes right with it, man. The way he just delivers the line. It's 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 awesome. So
1: no, definitely do not change that. But but how dope is that? Having your dad and doing yeah. a podcast with him.
0: Well, it's my dad's fault that I'm. In the hobby at all, because (laughs) I grew up here in Texas and I was uh, my dad was a cameraman for sports, Rangers, Cowboys, the stars when they came here, the Mavericks. I went to so many games as a kid because I'd tag along and I'd be what's called a runner or I'd pull cable, you know, hold the cable behind. This was back before wireless cameras and all that. So I'd keep, you know, and under the, like at basketball games, Mavericks games, I'd sit under the basket and hold the microphone that got the squeaking, you know, when they would, <laughs> that was my job as a kid. So I loved sports and I, you know, the whole sport, what came first, the chicken or the egg sports card, sports cards or being a fan of sports. And I think it has to be some symbiotic, symbiotic. You have to have both to really love this hobby because if you're in it only for the money, it's going to disappoint you. If you're, you know, if you, you got to love the sport first, and I loved baseball first cards were just a perfect complement to loving the sport and then learning the history of the game. I've always been fascinated with the history of baseball. I couldn't get enough books as a kid of reading about the history of the game and the stories of Ruth and Cobb and mantle and all these guys that I never saw play. It's just wow. You know, these amazing stories and, my dad took me to so many games and allowed me to experience so many things that were uh, just made a special childhood. And he's a pretty great dad uh, also. And he collects tools, right? So he's a big woodworker, uh, custom stuff. Like we built my case back here. Uh, We call it the beast. And so we built that for my PSA card collection. And I did that with him, you know, over three or four weekends, it took us to build that custom built just for PSA slabs and, uh, just stuff like that. All everything, you know, he's very, he understands the collector mindset. I definitely think it's an inherited trait to be a collector, right? You may not necessarily collect the same thing, but if you're a collector of anything, you can understand how we are as sports card collectors. And my dad certainly gets that frame of mind. He's always hunting for tools and hunting for unique things. And he has a sign in his shop. He has a big shop in our, in my parents' backyard. And it's the sign says, the best thing I make with these tools are friends wow. and that's so like he makes cool furniture. I mean, he's an amazing craftsman. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And he says the best thing I make with these tools are friends because he loves sharing that and, you know, with other people yeah. and building stuff for other people. So now he and my son are getting into business. My son who just graduated from college, they're going to start building beasts for other people. Yes. And, uh, Huh. So it's now going multi. Really? Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I may need a beast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They're they're. It's pretty awesome. I got to tell you. <laughs>
2: no, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, that thing is nice. It actually looks like the um in the library we're used to. Um, yep. you know, we're gonna we're gonna show our age here.
0: yeah That was the that was, that was the, the gist of it. Inspiration of it. Nice. And I thought you know. Let's use that. I'm going to make it the perfect size. Because uh, you can find stuff that kind of mirrors that. You can find the old uh-huh. card catalog, but they just don't yeah. – it doesn't fit right. It's not perfect. It's it's always something left to be desired in that. Yeah. But this, we just – that way, we just built it. And it's all – it, we wanted to make it nice enough where it could be a piece of furniture in your house. I mean, it's all walnut, like super nice. Yeah. Um, like I wanted it to be a showpiece, not just – like, forget the cards inside of it. The piece of furniture itself is pretty great yeah. in and of itself. So, anyway, sorry. I don't know. No, that's, that's awesome, no, because it adds to
2: it. Because I think sometimes when you have your cards, uh, I mean, Oz can say, like, he just had his wife was telling him, he's like, yo, you have all this stuff around here. What the hell is going on? But if you have it in some type of thing like that, where it's like a nice piece of furniture, where it's nice piece of furniture, and on top of that, I got a cool collection of things either on it or inside of it, that to, that, to me, that's that's awesome,
0: man. Yeah. yeah when y'all come to the Dallas show next, if y'all, have y'all been to the Dallas show? No, either? that is, uh, yeah. so
2: I was, I was like, so we, um, year by year we're kind of hitting boom, boom, boom. I'm like 2024. We have to come, we have to go to the Dallas show. Like, it, it, like, we just can't not like that's yeah. enough. Like I, I've, I've heard enough stories about how great it is and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, we, we got to get there.
0: Well, consider so, this I, an invitation when you're here to carve it. out some time, come over to Fort Worth and, and hang with me and, get a tour
2: of the card room love it love it, love it. Yeah. absolutely so uh so Oz makes fun of me about being a just totally off off the uh off the uh topic the list here. yeah right. yeah he makes fun of me about being a PSA fanboy
0: I'm with you Tony can
1: you can you explain to this uh listen I'm not, I'm not it's not that I'm not a fan of no, PSA. no no you did you it's make just, fun of you, me because you, you, no, what I'm saying is you don't like anything else it just you know, if if you have anything else, whether it's Beckett or yeah. SGC, it's just like immediately you have to crack it and get it into a PSA slab, regardless. So right. it's just that's why I call you a fanboy. Right. Like I'm Mike. okay with getting a Beckett slab,
0: but
2: Mike, tell them why I'm
1: right.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, so autographs, I'm very slabnostic Is a word I like to use. Like that, Agnostic huh? on my slab choice, like on my regular cards it's hard not to have a psa slab it's not hard it's hard not to see that red a i'm pretty ocd so i want consistency within my collection both the way they look the sizes you know you got all these different you know i call them frankenstein collections if you have like all these parts of parts and all these different slabs in your collection there's literally nothing wrong with that it's just not for me yeah um i like if i had to start all over i would have gone sgc Right now, if I if I was starting over today, SGC is by far the most consistent grading, uh, the fastest returns, the best customer service. And I know Peter. So that's also good. But <laughs> the point is they, they really do a good job. And I would start over with them. I'm you know, 13 years into being PSA guy, and I love the registry. I really do. It is a tool and a and a advantage that they have that i think is lost on a lot of people they don't get it until they get it until they're in it and
1: quick real quick about that like describe that to the audience because like you said there's a lot of people that don't get it everybody's heard about it but what is the psa registry you know how cool is it man
0: in the simplest way it's it's the world's greatest inventory okay you can put all of your slabs in there uh you can put scans now if you get them slab today they're going to put scans in there for you high-res scans it's great uh, I have scans of every card I can build unique and different sets through their registry. They have pretty much every set you could possibly, you know, 1963 home run leaders or, you know, pick your anything. There's probably a set for it, a team set of this or that. Uh, and I love that, that you can pseudo compete against other collectors or at least see where your collection stacks up. Uh, not that there's any, you know, it's nothing at the end of the rainbow if you're number one, but it's, kind of just personal pride and you know we all want to be proud of our collections you know dr beckett told me one time he's like mike just build a great collection like don't worry about impressing anybody or anything just build a great collection for you and i've always taken that to heart because it's very wise uh and true and it's a marathon not a sprint too uh, that's another thing everybody wants to have a great collection today and people look at me man how you... dude? it took me 40 years to build this collection it's not <laughs> like i did it overnight and i won the lottery or something uh and, and so the registry just allows pseudo competition, a great inventory tool, their app is great. You can be at a show, do I have this card? You can search your inventory very quickly and know if you have it or don't have it. Uh, again, it's not perfect, but if SGC had that, or what I really think if somebody had the money and this, anybody can run with this idea, I don't, I haven't copyrighted this, but if there was a universal set registry where you could put any slab into a set registry type of system, I think that would be a money-making machine because people do, most people do have a Frankenstein collection and they're not all so ingrained and And I'm so deep into it. I mean, I have almost 4,000 PSA slabs. So uh, that's, that's, that would be a lot to start over yeah, or, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to start doing SGC. It, it's not that simple for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like, I do like everything looking the same. I like yeah. pulling my cards out and doing tabletops and showing different parts and they look really good when they're all in the same slab. If I had all these mismatched things, it would just bother my own <laughs> way of thinking, you yeah. know?
1: Now, yeah. do you think PSA took over the grading, you know, even like surpassed, you know, BGS Beckett because of the registry? Do you think that was like the, the main thing or was it just quality? It certainly didn't
0: hurt. I, I think that what hurt Beckett, them. I, I think their slab is the ugliest slab. And you, there's something to aesthetics, and I mean that genuinely. they their slab is bulky. This. I love this. I mean, this guy, this guy's a genius, man. <laughs> the only thing once, also, all we gotta do is get you with a green hat,
2: and we're freaking good to go, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um,
0: uh, but Beckett was always known for grading modern cards, right? And they were for a long time. You sent your. You know, golden era stuff, fifties and sixties, seventies cards to PSA. You sent your pre-war to SGC, and you sent your, you know, stuff you pull out of a pack, your bowmans and your rookies and stuff, all to Beckett. That was the way it was for dang near a decade. It was like that for a long time in the in the grading ethos. That was the way the it broke down. Well, PSA started undercutting Beckett price wise. Um, new people that came into the hobby liked the way the PSA slab looked better. And it, and I think the price differences started in PSA doesn't have a nine five, right? That's that's their. If you were to change anything about PSA right now, if I could change one thing, they need to add a nine five because uh, that would help them in, even more in the modern market. You're not going to have a nine five on a 52 tops card, but you will on a twenty twenty three 23 card. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I grading is this weird thing. I used to hate it for the longest time. I thought it was a scam. I thought it was a joke. And then I started buying higher end cards, doing some different projects. And I was like, okay, I, again, as long as I've been doing this, I still don't know that I can't be duped on a higher end card if it being fake. And so, you know, not that they can't either, they're not perfect, but at least it's two set of eyes looking at a card now, instead of just one, you know, or, or somebody that can really, you know magnify super magnify look at all the things that they have all these ways to tell if a card's fake and that brought me some peace of mind honestly to that and Beckett really didn't embrace the grading of vintage uh they started bvg uh at some point you know and but that was always looked at as yeah you know uh, it's a legit grade. Honestly, like the, I'm not saying their grading's bad. It's just people didn't like, Oh, now you're doing something different. You know, I don't know. Uh, people don't like change in general. And so, well, let's just start doing PSA. And then SGC has come on really taking a lot. Look, let's not kid ourselves. PSA is the 600 pound gorilla in the room. Like they grade more cards than everybody else combined every week. And and they can. Nobody else, you know, SGC is grading as many cards as they can. They're at full capacity. So they'll never catch up because they can't they can't scale up that fast. And people probably wouldn't send the cards. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, no, or not. No, absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, I'm a PSA guy. I, yeah. I and I'm it's so just deep. it's just
1: funny how that all fell into place and to now it's just like PSA is just dominating no matter yeah. what. And you know, there's little niches of people with Beckett and, and SGC, but it's just like by far PSA is is the king when it comes to grading.
0: But if you want, if you don't care, I mean, if you if you're starting now, I, I'm telling you, SGC is the best company right now. Um, I, I like CSG slabs too. I really do. They're they're pretty slick. Uh, the acrylic is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, the the slabs are nice. Uh, so. I don't have a problem with that. Again, it's just I'm not going to start a Frankenstein collection. I don't want to do that. That's the great thing. I don't have to, right? Okay. You can make fun of me. I don't care. You know, it's (laughs) not your card. It's my card. So I'm going to buy what I want. Like that. (laughs) hello. Sorry, I'm not trying to, you know. I'm not trying to take Tony's side on purpose. That's yeah, really I don't know. Gosh, feeling. I
1: feel kind of like I'm being ganged up on, but I'll, I'll let it slide.
0: Yeah. Tony, do you need my like PayPal like... information so that yeah, you can... we'll uh,
1: we'll slide that up. All we'll right. do that
0: off off, off there. Right. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah.
2: Um, one thing that you did talk about. So all these things we have, all these cards, we have all these collectibles that I found that was pretty cool. That you don't see a lot of people talking about, man. It was uh, insurance and and, and protection and stuff. So just. Talk a little bit about what you learned when you when you kind of put that stuff out there. Cause I, I like, I don't have that stuff on mine, so I'm like, Oh wow. I probably should figure something out and how to go about all that stuff.
0: Well, the biggest misconception, I think that most people have a myth out there is that your homeowner's coverage covers your collectibles and that's just simply not true. Um, it's 100% not true. You have to get a special writer on your homeowners to do that. And, not always, this isn't universal, but a lot of the times you're going to have to do a a detailed inventory. You're going to have to update it all the time. And the reality is for most of us, not me necessarily, but a lot of people, their collections are ever evolving, right? They're fluid. They're adding cards, getting rid of cards, you know, and trading, whatever. So to keep that up to date is a pain in the butt, right? So they have company, there's a company called collectibles insurance services that I found many years ago and they do collectibles. That's all they do. They ensure collections, whether it's firearms or stamps or coins or comic books or sports cards, art, whatever that's, they ensure that. And it's a separate and and different policy. It's it's for your collection and uh, you don't have to inventory anything. You just tell them here's how much coverage I want. You have to line item. The only line items you have to do is any item, any individual item that's worth more than $25,000. And for most of us, that's most of us have very few of those, if any. So it's not really an issue for for your average collector. And so, yeah, it's uh, I literally have one line item on my thing. Everything else is under 25 grand, so no big deal. And it covers everything, fire, theft, you know, natural disaster, whatever, uh, it covers your cards when you're shipping them. It covers your cards when you're at a show, you know, if you were setting up at a show. And so it just gave me a lot of peace of mind and my wife a lot of peace of mind that if something happened, uh, we would at least, and and I don't necessarily, I don't think someone has to necessarily cover the full value of their collection. I think you need to cover how much pain are you willing to feel, right? Whatever that is. Right. Uh, if it would devastate you and you only got, if you had a thousand, let's just say, I'm going to use real simple numbers. If your collection is worth 10 grand and you only have a thousand dollars worth of coverage, you're probably not going to be happy losing nine grand. But if you have $10,000 worth of cars and you get $8,000 worth of coverage and you're not paying that extra premium for full coverage, then, you know, how much pain can you live with? Each person's got to answer that question for themselves, but yeah, that's the, I just think it's important. And I think you can do that. Again, if you don't want to, if you have a ten thousand dollar collection, and you're okay. If it burns up in a fire or what, pick your problem. Are are you going to be devastated? Is it going to change your life? If not, don't don't insure it. But if it does, if it will make it make you upset, get that's what insurance is for. And it's it's pretty inexpensive, um, the the lower dollar amounts. But it's 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 worth at least investigating. Yeah. If you're not sure, go look, see if it makes sense for you. If you can afford it, and but I'd rather pay my premium than pay to rebuild my collection. That is a no-brainer for me. The reality is, I'd probably take the money and be done with the hobby. If that ever happened, yeah, I would if you lost all that, it. it's like you yeah. know,
2: it'd be tough to. Or that's or then that's when you could start with the uh, SGC. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. Look, look, at that.
0: look at that. I See, like the way you think, man.
2: Yeah, man. I'm the brains of this operation over <laughs> yeah. here, this guy. Yeah. Well, Oz so, is the
0: good looking one. So <laughs> that's, that's- Oz, Oz
2: is the eye candy, and I. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, like I said, I don't, that's a conversation that's not had uh, too often. It's like I've only ever heard people barely touch on that stuff, but totally makes sense, man. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'd cry more if I lost my cars than I don't know if the garage right you know roof fell in I was like, eh, whatever i'll just we'll gotta, figure we, that out
1: we
0: but, put a lot of money into this and time right yeah you, know, yeah. you want it just to be gone like nobody yeah. really if you asked him like sit be real with me oh i wouldn't care
2: eh, yeah, 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 of, yeah 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 it's the time it's the time it's a lot of it's yeah. actually it's the time it's more so that the, the dollars are dollars obviously but think about I don't know how long it took you to go. How many shows did you go to before you found the right copy of the car that you've been searching for? It's it's a lot different than, like I said, putting the, uh, call it. Oh, actually you can call dad and make, put the new roof on, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, just example, but yeah, yeah. The time, time is you can't, you can't get that back. No. Exactly.
1: So now once we make that trip down to Texas and we go check out the crib and I go look at your collection. What am I going to find, Mike? What's your
0: PC? So I'm a Hall of Fame guy. I'm a recovering player collector. Uh, I like to say I'm a recovering uh, player collector addict. I used to collect individual players. I started with Daryl Strawberry back in the 80s. I'm 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 a Texan that loved Daryl Strawberry, which is kind of because he played for the Mets, right? And Mm He had such a sweet swing and 83 Rookie of the Year. The dude was just amazing. And I was like, I'm going to collect Daryl strawberry cards. You know, you go buy a bunch of those and then you kind of. Wait, upgrade. real quick, Mike.
2: Yeah. Which is his rookie card? What year? 83 or 84? 83 tops traded.
0: It's his rookie card.
2: Oh, okay. Very good. See, that debate rages on.
0: 84s <laughs> are not rookie cards for him. He has an 83 tops traded. So. Love it. <laughs> that um, is amazing. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, uh, and Dwight Goodens is 84 tops traded and. 84 Fleur update. So um, same with Clemens, Puckett, all those guys in the 80s, if they had a traded card, even though it wasn't packed, distributed. I get it. I get why people, but they were readily available. It wasn't like it was hard to get them. And so Ripken's rookie card is actually his 82 Tops base card. The three person, not the 82 tops traded, because that card came out first. Okay. Sorry. We could just (laughs) talk about that for a whole Uh, lot.
2: Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we were talking Uh, to Victor last week uh, about some of that. So he kind of planted the seed. uh, But, anyways, Uh, go ahead. Back to your, see uh, that, that, that's a whole
0: other. uh, Uh, What do I collect? Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I went, you know, Daryl Strawberry to Juan Gonzalez. I had a huge 5,000 different Juan Gonzalez cards. And, you know, Uh, then I kind of gravitate towards Rangers, Michael Young, uh, Pudge Rodriguez. uh, And then Josh Hamilton had the home run derby 2008 Yankee stadium. Mm -hmm. The dude goes off. Right. And I'm like, he plays for my team and this dude hits like no one I've ever seen. I mean, if you never, I watched Hamilton every day. He was a talent. I mean, he had talent, more talent in his pinky toe than most Every other baseball player, yeah. I remember uh, even guys, uh, you know Reggie Jackson would say, "I've I've only heard that the way the bat sounds a couple of times." You know Buck mm-hmm. O'Neill would talk about it, like I've heard it with Bo Jackson and Babe Ruth and Josh Hamilton. You know, just he he hit the ball great. So I that night I became a Josh Hamilton super collector and I started buying everything uh, I could get my hands on, and I built a massive Josh Hamilton collector. And then he gets traded to the Angels. His career kind of falls off, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, why am I doing this? And I've always dabbled in vintage, you know, vintage was always that stuff. You'd go to the shop, you know, when you were a kid or go to a Mm -hmm. show and you'd always want it, but you could never afford it. You're like, dude, this, these cards are awesome. I just, you know, I'm not dropping that kind of coin on these cards. I'm going to go buy a Jose Canseco rookie or something. And that was my childhood, you know, those eighties, mid eighties, Mattingly, Canseco, Mm -hmm. Clemens. So. It's like, all right, I'm just going to buy Hall of Fame stuff. I had a lot more discretionary income. I could put more into cards. I realized this Hamilton stuff is basically like now I still have it, but it's has no terminal value really. And although value isn't a driver, it should be on all of our minds. It's not that we don't think about it. It's not that it's unimportant. You know, it just doesn't need to be the, the most important thing if, mm-hmm. for me anyway. Um, it's the... I care, but I really don't care, you know, kind of thing. It's, you can walk that line. People say, well, you either care or you don't. Uh, Both. I both care. I I both care and I don't care. So I'm looking at this Hamilton stuff and that literally tens of thousands of dollars I put into Hamilton and now it's pennies on the dollar. If that, if anybody would even buy it from me, you know, if I wanted to sell it and I went, okay, hall of famers. Now I'm going for stuff that kind of, no matter what, it's the slow burn, you know, it's not going to do a whole lot. I and I love these players, and I love learning about them. And so, um, and I had a bunch of autographs that my dad had gotten me over the years uh, through his job, through his camera work and stuff. And you know, it's just like, okay, I'm gonna. I went to a Rangers fan fest. You know, like Phillies fan fest, uh-huh. or Philly's yeah, fest or whatever they have. That every team kind of has one. And Fergie Jenkins was there, pitcher for the yep. used to be a pitcher for the Cubs, Rangers, several teams he was there signing autographs for 20 bucks, whatever you want. I'm like, $20. That seems awesome. Like, sure. And I went home that, that day, I got out all my hall of fame autographs that I had. And I'm like, okay, I got some cool stuff, you know, a good starter. I'm going to see how many other hall of famer autographs I can get for 20 bucks or less. And then it kind of exhausted that and then went, okay. I need more, you know. what's my here's my checklist now. I'm gonna start going after the big boys. And you know, you go and you get some Hall of Fame autographs and you get guys like this guy. Ever heard of him? Oh Cy yeah, it's young Cy
2: young. Wow. He's
0: yeah, got an award named after him. It's pretty yeah. cool. nice. Then you get guys like Jackie Robinson.
2: Ooh. Wow. And now yeah. you're showing up there. It's like a is that on, on all the postcards or it is. It's
0: government okay. it's a postcard wow. dated uh Gosh, my eyes are so. It's from Brooklyn, New York, August twentieth, nineteen fifty-five. So this is a playing days auto. You know, he was still playing in fifty-five. That was the year actually the Dodgers won the World Series. So that was end of summer, the year the Dodgers won the World Series that he signed that. Um, oh, and then I don't know, this guy's pretty good.
1: Babe Ruth. Baby yeah, that's said. Babe Ruth. I, Baby uh, I heard of him.
0: <laughs> you see the grade on that auto? gem mint 10 auto wow babe ruth sheesh so i started picking that stud up, stuff up back before it was cool you know kind of yeah picking that stuff up uh so now it's all hall of famers and then i started a project i'm like started buying some vintage stuff and doing 300 great cards by mike paint's a book it's actually right behind me right there it uh just to, I thought, these are great cars. I mean, there's some in there that are head scratchers of why these mm-hmm. are in here. But it's got, you know, Mantles and Mays and Clemente rookies and all these great. I'm like, I would love to own all those cards. What a great place to start going down ventures. This was, you know, God, 12, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And uh, started buying them. And then I started buying the older stuff. That's when I got into grading. And I found out PSA had a set registry for it. I'm like, holy crap, I can track my checklist right there and all this cool stuff. I'm like, this is fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, now what? I started getting some of those. And I'm like, wow, I like this Roy Campanella, you know, and I like this card. And I started buying other stuff. And I'm like, why not just get the whole Hall of Fame run for this year or that year, 1960 was my first year. Then I did 73 because that was the year I was born. And then, you know, and it grew into, hey, I'm going to do every Hall of Fame card or every Thompson Bowman card that pictures a Hall of Famer from
1: 1950
0: to 1989, wow. 2,400 and something cards, almost 2,500. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, I'm at like 85%. I only need like 300 and something now. Uh, nice. Every Hall of Famer from Mantle, Mays, you name it. If they're pictured on a card, I want it. And uh, the leaders' cards, the uh, you know, even the managers, and so I'm, I've kind of gone. That's kind of like a lifetime project, and I'm like, hey, I'll, the last card I'm going to get for that is the 52 Tops mantle. That'll be the last card I get.
2: Now, Mike, when you're um when you're picking up these these vintage cards, what's yeah. the, what's number one priority? When you're looking at that card, what's the first thing you're
0: color registration? Registration centered. is number one for me. If the really? picture doesn't work, what's the point? That's the whole point of the card. It's the picture of the player. So registration. People ask me this: what What do you mean by registration? It's the clarity of the picture. The you know the mm-hmm. clarity of the photograph and or artwork because you know you got cards that are really basically just paintings, right? There's yeah. a mm-hmm. 33 Gaudi Garrig. This was the first high-end vintage card I ever bought. Lou Gehrig's my favorite player of all time. Uh, he has an amazing story that always inspired me and always, mm-hmm. I, I just admired him for his life. Uh, never saw him play, but you read and you, you know, you learn yeah. and you're like, dude, think about it. The, two of the probably five greatest players of all time played on the same lineup and batted Yeah, back. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> right. crazy. It, it's pretty nuts. Um, so... Registration matters to me, Tony, more than because think if a if a card's off center, especially a vintage card. Guess what? It came out of the pack like that. It wasn't yeah. like somebody did that. Versus a crease that bother creases bother me, especially through the face or through the main part of the picture.
2: Okay.
0: Um, but off centering, I can almost live with a little bit. I, who doesn't want perfectly centered cards? We all do, right? I right. mean, give me a break. But the reality is, I'll give up centering to have clarity and. You know I'll even t- i like rounded corners that just shows that the card's old i don't see anything you know that's the great thing about vintage is eye appeal matters in vintage more than any other you know doesn't matter really in modern ultra modern uh but in vintage you get a four god you could have you could put ten fours next to each other and they're all gonna have different eye appeal right and they're all gonna have things that you know what tony you're gonna like you know number three and Oh, you okay. might like number five and I might like number seven. Okay. They're all the same numerical grade. It's not, it's, what do you like? And and for me, if the picture isn't right, if it's blurry or, you know, there's print dots all over it, that's part of registration, right? Our print defects on the card that just, it distracts me from the card itself. The corners can be sharp as like cut sharp. And I don't care if the picture is all blurry uh, and I've passed on plenty of cards just for that reason. And Again, that's another that's the, the great thing about vintage. Who cares what, you know, you may, man, I got to have a centered card. Okay. You know, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. Huh. I got a couple more. You want to see them?
2: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, while you're looking for that one, like what you just described um, Ooh, with, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Willie, man, Willie Mays 51 Bowman. That thing is sweet. And yeah, now I see that you are a big time registration guy because these cards, you're all flashing up. And you guys will see this uh, on the YouTube. They're all very clear and like, yep. I mean, even like looking at it through the you know, yeah, the camera, or the computer. Like, that's yeah, that's you know, that's wild.
0: Yeah, I'll take that all
2: day. Yeah, what well, you're describing there from like um, the Josh Hamilton to then um, saying, all right, like remember when you first said if i don't love the sport then i can't you know i have to love the sport to get into the thing into the car so like yeah you're big which by the way hamilton a crazy story with hamilton man uh, if you guys don't know who josh hamilton is look him up he uh, was a beast uh, but um like you said you had the love for baseball then as you evolve in the hobby you're like all right now i'm gonna kind of graduate into hall of famers where that kind of like it's where we always talk about the the evolution of a collector man so i mean you're pretty much living it man
0: I talk about evolution of a collector all the time. We all start collecting stuff. We know the players we can yeah. watch, right? That's why I collected the stuff I collected in the eighties. And then I, we all evolve and go, man, that's all great. And I, it's not that you don't love them anymore. It's not that at all. It's just, Hey, I'm going to take my collecting to the next level. And that's where vintage starts coming in. Cause none of us saw Ruth play. None of us saw, mm-hmm. cop play. you know, uh, that wasn't around, but, um, this guy was pretty good. There it's, yeah, and there,
2: oh. flashing up the fifty-one Bowman Mickey Mantle. That is very nice registration.
0: Even the centering is good.
2: Wow, that's nice.
0: a banger. Well, it's a PSA five, so yeah. this, is yeah. the, this is the only card that I have individually listed on my insurance policy.
2: That is banger. I know, I know a certain therapist that would uh love to have that uh that bad boy right there man. i know a,
0: i know a certain mailman that would love to have that card it
2: <laughs> is awesome um
0: that yeah dude that that's that's a killer man and so that's the mantle rookie don't let anybody tell you the 52 tops that's just not true
2: thank you dude that's like man mike i'm telling you man all you need is an eagles oh we're tss, man, we're here man we are here simpatico <laughs> heck yeah man this is like Mike.
0: You didn't know when when Oz was like dude we got to have Mike on the show and you're like eh, this, I don't know this guy.
2: Yeah, 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 no. Oz is like man, we don't need this guy. Oz is like this is a bunch of crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so That's Mike, what I
0: collect Oz to answer your question awesome. from a while back. Just Love apologies. it.
2: That's awesome. Um, so Mike uh, coming down the home stretch here. Uh, man, this this is one of those where I said this was a fast hour, but uh two more and then we'll we'll let you let you go. Sure. So we're gonna crown you king of the hobby. No. What, what what direction are you taking the
0: hobby in? I, I revoke my. <laughs> um, oh gosh, what direction am I taking the hobby?
2: Whatever, anything, you know what I mean? Like what? Uh, what's King Mike gonna eliminate? You know, or whatever, or or, or maybe make some crazy. Um, Improvements, changes, and anything that you know, they think, uh, other than uh, telling Oz that I'm not crazy about the PSA. Well,
0: that would be my first edict as king. <laughs> PSA. But the reality is, I I don't like how fast through the pandemic. I think it's unhealthy. the The money aspect of the of the hobby it rose too far too fast came back down. And I think what that does is it puts a sour taste in some people's mouths. If you, if you entered the hobby in 2020 and you got into it and you loved it and now your stuff's worth half what it was. uh, Again, that's not universally true, but it's, you know, plenty of cards that are down more than that and plenty that aren't down that much. But the reality is the hobby took a hit. People left the hobby. If it wasn't, I'd buy every card I have for a dollar. I don't, you know, I don't care. I want the card. Uh, The fact that they're worth money is just, okay, great. You know, but it's, uh, but I don't know how you change that mindset. Even as king, I don't think I could, you know, I guess I could price fix every card at, you know, some dollar amount, like no cards can sell for more than X dollars, right? (laughs) Uh, And then it would, but see, you need all, of the ecosystem of the hobby all needs each other and i think we we lose sight of how integrated all the parts of the hobby are we need breakers to open products so those of us that want to buy singles can buy singles we need dealers that want to sell cards so i can otherwise who am i going to buy them from we need card shop owners to have places to go and and thumb through dollar boxes and shows and you know, all of these parts of the hobby ecosystem, we need technology to help us track our collections and everything. All of these work together to create what we call the hobby experience. And, and you know, I don't know how you make those work together better. Honestly, everybody wants their piece of the pie and uh, just greeds a bitch, you know, and yeah, it, it, it's a shame. But I don't think I can change human nature, even as king. So yeah. I don't know that I'm getting my wish there, but
2: uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What are
1: you sure. gonna do? Whenever money's involved, unfortunately, <laughs> human beings tend to screw that up. We like, do.
0: Yeah. We're really good at it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're for really sure. good at it. Yeah. And that's sure. everything in life. Oh, and and sports cards too, right? It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Why should we be surprised at yeah, all? Yeah, for
2: sure. <laughs> so mike uh, before odds gets to the last question uh let everybody know where they can find you and your content
0: at everywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh mainly youtube baseball collector if you just want to see me talk about cards and just my collection and stuff baseball collector I did. I started my YouTube channel so long ago that that wasn't taken yet. It seemed so obvious to me, like, <laughs> hey, I collect baseball stuff. Yeah, I seen you
1: know? that. I was like, how did he get that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey uh, I collect, but I'm just going to call myself baseball collector because I don't just collect cards. I collect autographs. And, you know, I've, when you come to the room, when you guys get here, you'll yeah. see stuff that's uh, pretty awesome that's not just cards. And then, uh, so that's that's one place, uh, Bench Clear Media, you can listen to the podcast or watch the podcast on youtube you can listen to the golden age of cardboard podcast on any podcast wherever you get your podcast just like you're listening to cousin collectibles right now and uh i'm on instagram if you want to send me a, a message ask me any question you want i'm happy I, I try to really stay up on that uh and i get a lot so i'm but that's kind of what i want to give back you know if people want to ask a question i want to answer that and it's at baseball collector mike is my Uh, instagram handle so
2: awesome
1: all right mike so we're gonna end this like we always do and that's basically just getting advice from you what would you offer somebody that's new or somebody that's been here a while some tips or or tricks of the trade you know you you have a ton of knowledge so what would you say to somebody new coming in or like i said somebody that's been in the pod game for a
0: while to, to be successful in the pod game or the collecting game? Those are two oh, different things.
1: Yeah, okay, well, let's just keep it. Let's say a new collector.
0: If you're a new collector, uh, be patient. Be patient. You don't have to build a great collection today. You need to build a great collection over time and learn. You know, Buy what you love because if you don't love it, you're just going to be mad. You know, Six months down the road, three months down the road, you're going to look at, why did I buy this? have a purpose, have a thought. I love this player. I love this team. I love, you know, buy that, make that be your focus at first. And then you'll, as you go along, you'll evolve, like we've talked about as a collector and you'll learn, oh man, I didn't even know about this set. That's so cool. I love those, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I've even recently, you know, the old Kellogg sets, the, the 3d, the yeah. they're but ugly, but I love them. <laughs> and so I've been buying Kellogg sets, you know, and putting them in binders and You know, even even an old man like me can learn or not learn, but learn to appreciate and go, man, I I would like that to be part of my collection. So be patient. Take your time. Um, I'd say pick off low hanging fruit Uh, to go out and spend a thousand dollars on a card is for most of us a good chunk of money. Why not buy some ten dollar cards, twenty dollar cards, fifty dollar cards? You know, you don't have to just dive headfirst into the pool. You can dip your foot in and buy things you like, and that, that'll help you without having a high cost of entry. Learn what you like. Right. Um, just don't be in a hurry.
1: Love it. Learn go. what you like. Learn what you love. I appreciate that. And like you said, it's it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You've been doing this a long time. Like you said, 40 years. So a lot of times people come in brand new they're wide-eyed and they, and they see these collections they get on instagram and it's like holy crap and they feel like they you know got to keep up with the joneses and you know they'll go maxing out credit cards or are pulling from here pulling from there and, and it, it just gets out of hand like you say you buy the wrong thing and now they had a bad experience and ah cards cards are whack cards suck that, that you know that's a whole scam so just take your time and uh yeah learn learn what you like i like that i appreciate that man but mike man Thank you for coming on board and blessing us with this knowledge. It, like I said, we had we met last Wednesday, and feels like we've been talking forever, <laughs> and and that's what cards does, you know, and that's what the hobby what makes it so special is the relationships that you build, you know, the cards, that's the gravy part, but like getting these relationships with these people that you can have, you know, on top of that, that that's the beautiful part of the hobby, and but I, like I said, thank you so much for sharing, and uh, we're definitely gonna make a trip down, very soon, to Texas. We might even check out uh, Dallas Stadium again. I went there one time. I spit on uh, the middle. (laughs) Went right to the middle of the field there, took a picture, photo op, and then I spit on the uh, star there. Just
0: saying. They called me. I had to come wipe it up. (laughs) True story.
1: I actually got photos to prove it. As the kids would say today, I have the receipts, but even my hatred for the Cowboys couldn't stop me from bonding with my Texas brother, Mr. Michael Moynihan. Now, Mike, you know that was just part one. We're definitely going to have you on again to share some more of that valuable hobby wisdom with the cousins. Appreciate you, baby. Keep doing what you do. Now, with that being said, make sure you give us a follow, rate, review, subscribe and spread the cousins gospel. And as always, keep focused, keep positive and keep collecting. Ayo Tone, bring the beat back.